your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, the Penguins coming off a 3-2, to two, well, should we say heartbreaking loss to the Bruins? Now, nah, I guess I'm not going to say heartbreaking. A hard 3-2 to two loss to the Boston Bruins in overtime. The Bruins swore with, what, 12, 10, 12 seconds left to snap the Penguins' four-game winning streak. The Penguins are now... Four and two and one on the season, and what a game this was! Um, the Penguins started out the game, I thought, well. Then they had their usual stretch where it looks like they're not showing up, and then the comeback kids become the comeback kids. You get Jason Zucker's goal, Kasperi Kapanen gets his first goal, and then the overtime. We're going to touch all, all on that in this episode, just with what happened on the two on zero with Gino and Latang. And believe me, I'm going to go after both of those players on this podcast. But overall for this performance for the Penguins, I didn't think it was bad. I thought they played over 45 minutes of pretty good hockey. Um those other 15 minutes, you know, they're just kind of running around. Boston was just all over them. And those 15 minutes, they they have stretches of that kind of play in every game where it's just looking a lot like Mike Johnston hockey. Just boring, slow, you know, I think Adam Gretz compared it to basically like a broiled chicken on your plate, basically just sitting there. That's probably the best way to describe it, you know, watching paint dry. Sometimes this team is just not fun to watch, and then whenever they go down by a goal or two, it's just like they wake up, and that's exactly what they did tonight. Um, Tugo Rask got injured on that first goal that the Penguins scored. Jason Zucker is able to basically fire it into a half-empty net. He gets his first goal on the season. I'm happy for Jason, you know, that was a long time coming for him. Um, I thought he deserved to score probably three to four goals by now with the chances that he's gotten in the first six games. But it's still good to see that he got his first goal of the season. I think his wife, Carly, quoted the Penguins' um, tweet of him with a gif. Basically just, I think he was entering his Charlie Coyle since they were teammates in Minnesota. So that was pretty funny. Um, I guess I'll talk about Tristan Jari as well. I thought Jari played a great game tonight for the Penguins. That's three really good starts in a row for him. He'll get the start on Thursday as well. Um, but I'm just really excited for with how his play is right now. He's seeing the puck better. He's not allowing some of these weak goals that he was allowing earlier in the season. Um, the two goals that he allowed tonight were just not his fault. I mean, the first one, Brad Marchand, perfect shot. I mean, we'll get to Chris Letang in a bit. And we'll talk about how he played that, even though I don't really think it's that bad. But, you know, we have a lot more to talk about for Chris Letang with this game. And then the second goal was a five on three, and then the, th- the third goal, the overtime winner, was just a two on zero. So I mean, I mean, you were really going to ask Tristan Jari to make those saves when the Penguins were down two to one in this game before Captain got his first goal of the season. Um, he made some really big, timely saves. I think one was on Bergeron, one was on Coyle, one was on Craig Smith, and it just it kept the Penguins in the game, and they were able to steal a point from the Bruins, which is, I mean, that's huge. I mean, especially in a 56-game season, you need all the points you can get. Yes, I understand the Penguins lost, but their goalie was able to really get them that point that they needed. They should have had the extra one, but we'll see if they can get it on Thursday. But I'm just, I'm really excited with how Jari is playing right now. I think 
he's gotten back to that level that we saw from him from November to January of last year when he got to the All-Star game. I'm hoping it could continue, and I do think it will continue. Um, let's get a little bit to the negative, the power play. Um, it, it wasn't all negative, but for the most part of the night, it was. Um, the top unit just looks terrible. Chris Letang on the top unit was playing wash that whole time. And honestly, I think Chris Letang had a terrible game overall. Everyone that knows me and listens to this podcast and follows me on Twitter and follows a lot of other Penguins fans on Twitter, you know, we are mostly all members of the Latang cult. I think he's the best defenseman in this franchise's history. Well, pure franchise defenseman, I would say. I mean, obviously, Paul Coffey is a god in his own right. But Latang is just, he's been washed in a couple of these games this year. And I think tonight was the big highlight. Just had some really bad plays with the puck. I think there was a play on the power play, just basically gave it away to a Bruins player. I think it was, I don't know if it was Craig Smith or Charlie Coyle, and then just whacks him and takes a penalty while the Penguins are on the power play. And it's like, are you not self-aware of what situation you're in? I mean, you just gave your power play away and for what? I mean, just... And people are going to talk about the Marchand play. Oh my God, Hang has to play better defense. Brad Marchand's a top 15 to 20 player in this league, guys. I mean, he's going to do that to basically every great defenseman in this league. But still, just his play on the power play, his play overall was just terrible tonight. But going back to the power play, just the top unit was just terrible. I mean, the breakout passes stunk. The zone entries stunk. They weren't getting pucks on net. And then you had a second power play unit come on, and they just took them to school, especially on that first goal with the Zucker goal. They were passing around beautifully getting a lot of shots on there. Jared McCann looked great. You know, Zucker, even before he got that first goal, looked outstanding getting pucks in the net. Marino looked great on that unit. I mean, even Drew O'Connor was getting power play time. And congratulations to Drew O'Connor. He got his first NHL point tonight on the Zucker goal, uh, made his debut, and I thought he actually looked pretty good. But it, they were just taking that top power play to school. It was a clinic from the very start. And it wouldn't surprise me if Mike Sullivan continues to give them more minutes going into that next game on Thursday and for the rest of the season, especially if the uh, top power play is going to play like the steaming pile of garbage that we saw tonight. Um, yeah, he, he's going to give the second power play unit a lot more time. And why not? You know, the results were there from them. But there was also this tweet from Jesse Marshall that I saw that was pretty alarming on the power play. I'm actually trying to find it right now. Um, actually, this was from Travis807. Please follow him on Twitter, guys. He's a great follow. The Penguins have a 48.6 expected goals for percentage on the power play tonight. And then Jesse followed that up with, they've gener- Boston has generated more of the expected goal share shorthanded than the Penguins have with the man advantage. So what to sum that up, is that bad, guys? Yeah, that was bad. The power play was just a disaster all night, you know, save for that one time with the second unit outplaying the first unit by a wide margin. And, you know, it's just, it's something that the team is going to need to fix. Like, it's just, it's, but there's nothing fun about the top power play unit. I thought it couldn't get any worse on Mark Recchi's unit last year, but Todd Reardon has really just stunk up the joint with this top power play unit with coaching it up because it's just, it's a bad product right now. Outside the power play for a negative, you know, some other players who I thought played well tonight. I did like Brandon Tanev. Again, he's just been great in every game this season. You know, I'll just keep eating crow on him. And P.O. Joseph, too. I mean, he's been outstanding for the Penguins in these last few games i'm of the belief guys that he should be bumped up to the uh second pairing to play with john marino because you got to get cc away from marino at this point um danny of the pens blog shyra irving who i've quoted on this podcast numerous times i'm probably gonna have him on here at some point um down the line um 
had some underlying numbers about that pairing. Um, CC in that first period was on the ice for one shot attempt for nine shot attempts against. Um, as for Marino, I did a little bit more digging too. He was on the ice for two shot attempts for eight shot attempts against um, in that first period. And you know the the numbers have been that bad going back um, ever since they started playing in that top four role these last couple of games. Ever since um, Pedersen went out with Ricola and Matheson, and it's just. It's time for a change there. I think P.O. Joseph has showed enough at this point where you can put him in a top four role, and I think he would thrive with Marino. And it gets back to that lefty-righty thing that they just they need. You can't have John Marino be playing on his offside. I know he's looked a bit washed. I thought tonight was kind of an okay game for him. There were times where he looked great, but then you know you have the overtime goal, which we'll get to in the next segment, where it was just like, dude, like you got to know what what time on the clock is, and which is how close you are to a shootout and everything. Just more awareness on the ice. But you just you got to get CC away from him at this point. I understand there's a lot of injuries. Brian Dumoulin went out tonight. We don't know the severity of that injury. Sullivan's probably not going to have an update until tomorrow. You know, the, this team's probably going to have to trade for a defenseman at this point, and I will get to that um, later on in this episode. There's a couple good options for the team if they want to make a trade. Um, one in St. Louis and one in Toronto that are both healthy scratches right now. But yeah, that 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 pairing is is a disaster. I like the play of Chad Ruedel. He's steady as always. Dumoulin before getting hurt, I thought he was playing an okay game, nothing flashy, but they need more of him, and obviously they need more from Latang and Malkin, and we'll get to that embarrassing moment coming up in the next segment, but, you know, to round out this segment, guys, I will say this, you know, they've this team has collected 9 out of a possible 10 points over these last 5 games, um, and according to Adam Gretz, they've played with a lead for 25 minutes in these last 5 games combined. I mean, when have you ever seen a team get 9 out of 10 points in 5 straight games and have a lead for only 25 minutes? I mean, that's just almost unheard of at the NHL level. Is this sustainable? No. It's obviously going to catch up to the Penguins. I mean, they're, they're going to ride this out for as long as they can. But eventually, they're going to have to start playing with a lead and a multi-goal lead. And Adam Gretz also said they've trailed for 140 minutes. Um, during these last five games, and they've still won four of those five and got nine out of ten points to put them for tied for second in the division. So that's another positive come out of this, and we'll see if the Penguins can get their first win in Boston in seven years on Thursday when these two teams meet again. But before we do get to the next segment and a whole bunch of other stuff regarding this game, we first have to touch on rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Before we do get to the embarrassing three-on-no flop from the Penguins in overtime, I did want to touch on Kapanen's uh, goal to tie the game late in the third period. Just um, great pass from Malkin to spring him, and Kapanen with a beautiful forehand, backhand move to get his first 
And you could just see the speed that he comes in with the offensive zone. I mean, he's obviously one of the fastest players in the league, probably the fastest player on the team, if we're being honest. And he just, he makes it look so easy. He had another chance earlier. I think it was a breakaway. Tried to go five hole on Rass, but he stoned him. And speaking of Rass, I mean, he, he stoned um, Brian Rust on two big chances during this game. One of them, I got PTSD from the 2013 series when Rass basically was like 960 that whole time. And just, you know, we, we don't want to talk about that series on this podcast because it just brings up bad memories. But I mean, it was still great to see Kapanen get that first goal to tie the game and get the Penguins that point. And now that I mentioned Brian Rust, he was also another player that I thought played outstanding tonight for Pittsburgh. I mean, he was everywhere on the ice. You can just tell he belongs on the top line. Evan Rodriguez does not have that kind of impact um, on a game-to-game basis like Brian Rust has. I thought he honestly was going to have three goals tonight with the way he was playing. So I'm sure he's going to keep it up. He's really turned it on these last few games. And I think more goals are going to come from him. So let's get to the overtime now. Um, great chances both ways, of course. I love three-on-three. It was weird to watch it with my mom. Um, she is a a boomer when it comes to three-on-three. She thinks basically that it should be five-on-five, play till you win. Um, that's how it used to be, as she says. You know, it's just kind of boomer talk, you know. Basically, I just gave her the okay boomer because obviously three on three is incredible. And it was on display again. And um, so the Penguins get that three on no late in overtime. They tripped Marshawn to get it. Um, it. I would have loved to see what he had to say after the game if the Penguins would have scored there. But so it's Malkin and Latang. They come down. They're passing back and forward to each other. Gino gets the puck, has basically a wide open net, and for some reason decides to pass it back to Chris Latang. And of course, Tuka Rask has his stick right there because, well, I mean, like, what, what else can he do? I mean, that, that's his last ditch effort play right there. And he breaks it up, and then the Bruins go down the other way with a 2-on-0 thanks to a bad John Moreno turnover, and they win the game. And it's like, Gino just needs to get out of his head, just needs to... I don't know, guys. I've just I've lost words for what I can say about Evgeny Malkin right now. His play is not right. Please go read Jesse Marshall's article on The Athletic with his video and some advanced stats with just how the team plays with him on the ice defensively versus not. It's just, it's hard to watch him right now. And he's like just overpressing, passing there when he should be shooting. I mean, he had another good chance in overtime before that, hit the crossbar. I mean, did that play into passing it back to Latang? I don't know, but it's just everything with his game right now is wrong. I keep saying I don't think it's going to continue for that long. But then when I see this stuff, it's like, what if this is like this the whole season? And I just, I don't know, guys. I wish I had an answer for you all on this podcast just as to what's going on with his head. But I mean, I don't only he can know that. I just, when I look at his gameplays, overpressing, overpassing, like that play there on that three on O, two on O, shoot the puck. 9.9 out of 10 times you're going to score unless Tuka Rafts makes a save out of his ass, which I mean, he's done plenty of times for his career. But it's like, just take the shot there. You most likely win the game. And of course, you know, the Penguins are going to get dragged on social media for that, and, and rightfully so. I mean, that was just embarrassing to see. Um, they, they lost the game right there. And I thought Jari in the overtime was giving the team a lot of chances. He was making the saves he needed to make. And th- this is where they also, of course, they where they obviously lost the game. You know, 20, 15, 20 seconds left. Sid kind of had a bad play with the puck. And then Marino has it, you know, right near the benches. And it's like, John, just, just get it to the other end of the ice. There's 15 seconds left. You're about to go to a shootout. And then he just made a bad play there with the turnover. And then the Bruins are on going back the other way, 2-on-0. And they show you how a 2-on-0 is done. And Craig Smith wins the game, the former Nashville Predator, who I really wanted the Penguins to go after in free agency. 
And I thought for a second that Jari saved it just because obviously there's no crowd reaction and they would see before anyone. But, you know, it's just, it's hard for a goalie to defend that. I thought he played a great game, but it's just like, Gino, man, I just, I don't know, guys. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to keep saying it. You know, until he starts playing like the Evgeny Malkin we all know and have loved to seeing over the last 15 years, this team, they will not win a Stanley Cup this year. I still think this is a good team. They are a playoff team. You're 4-2 and two and right, 1 right now. I know they don't have the tiebreakers for second just because of their goal differential, but, you know, you're tied for second place, seven games in. You've gotten a point in your last five games. You've earned a 9 out of a possible last 10 points in those games. A lot of positives to build on, especially with their play the last couple of periods. You just you got to fix some of these issues. It starts with Evgeny Malkin. It starts with Chris Letang. They both looked absolutely washed tonight. That cannot continue. No, I'm, I'm not going to entertain the people saying, you know, trade Malkin, trade Letang. You know, oh my God, these guys suck. Oh my God, this. Oh my God, that. I'm not going to entertain that. I will say, though, that their play needs to be a lot higher if this team is to go anywhere in the playoffs. And before I forget, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier on in this podcast. If I did, you know, I'm just going to say it again. Just that Gino passing it back looked like Chris Kunitz from Game 6 of the 2016 Stanley Cup Final when he had a wide open net and decided to pass back for reasons that I just, I don't understand. So um, that that's what that play reminded me about. I tweeted about it. It was just so eerily similar. And I'm already seeing some really good memes on Twitter right now. Someone put um, Bernie Sanders basically sitting with his legs crossed in the middle when Malkin's coming down to basically stop him. That's a great meme. Adam Gretz had a great meme too. The Penguins overpassing on an odd man rush with the Mandalorian. This is the way, um, of course, from that show. And everyone that has not seen the Mandalorian, um, go watch it because it's a great show. So yeah, the Penguins deserve to be dragged for that. Well, I shouldn't say the Penguins, but Malkin and Latang deserve to be dragged for that. Okay, that wraps up this segment. In the next segment, we're going to get to some listener takeaways um, from this game. I love doing this on the Locked On um, Penguins Twitter account. Oh, I will also say this too. Um, the one, the, the the Bruins' second goal, which led to it, of course, that the Penguins took two penalties after that they had three power plays. In this league, you're you're uh, there's always going to be makeup calls. You know that's just how NHL officiating is. I think it's garbage. A lot of other people think it's garbage. It's just how it is, especially when Tim Peel is refing the game. That's just how what he's done throughout his whole career. Um, that Marshawn uh, penalty from Brandon Tanev. One of the worst calls I think I've ever seen watching a hockey game. That was a textbook dive on Marshawn. Um, I know he's done that for a lot of his career, and that's obviously not much to write home about. But, I mean, how are you going to call that? I mean, that's just not a penalty. I think Brandon Tanev basically said fuck off to the ref as he was going off the ice. And, I mean, I honestly would have said the same thing, too. That was a garbage penalty. It gave them the two-man advantage to get that 2 nothing goal. And the Penguins were honestly really close to killing that off as well. It was a nice... Pass by, oh, I'm trying to remember what Bruin player got that um, primary assist. Um, it went right past Dumoulin's stick for a tap-in goal to make it 2-0. Uh, I'll remember by the end of this episode, I think. I'm, I'm hoping so. But I just wanted to touch on that before we do get to the next segment. Where we'll do some listener takeaways, which I love doing after every game on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. But before we do get to that, it is time to talk about betonline.ag. There's only one place we trust. And one place that has you covered that is Bet Online. Sign up today for a free account and use that promo code Locked On for your fifty percent off welcome bonus. Don't just sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And of course, we can't forget about 
Built Bar, there's 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors. Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, Cookies and Cream are a few. 12 original flavors, the Raspberry German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. One of my favorite flavors is still the Cookies and Cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. There is still that offer. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So time to get to some takeaways from this game. Alan T. Yoder, I want them to shoot the puck more, especially on a 2 on and breakaways. Yeah, me too, Alan. The overpassing is just ridiculous. I can't speak for the rest of the game since I was only able to listen to it until overtime. Seems like everything else has been said all season. Yeah, you're basically right. I mean, there were a couple different, well, I shouldn't say there were a couple defensive breakdowns. There really weren't that many in this game. I mean, the fact that the Penguins only gave up three goals in the game is basically a miracle, too, in regulation especially. Um, but overall, Alan, like I said, they played pretty pretty good for 40, 45 minutes of this game. I thought, I think they controlled 60% of the expected goals in the second period, the third period. Um, They weren't at 60%. Um, Overall though, if you look at the underlying numbers for this game, um, they possession wise, 52.3% Corsi, 57 to 52 in favor of Pittsburgh. Um, Even for Fenwick, you know, 50.5% for the Penguins, 49.5% for the Bruins. Um, Scoring chances wise, the Penguins led in that 28 to 27, all situations. High danger, it was really close. Boston led in that 13 to 10. And then for the expected goals, Boston edged out the Penguins just a little bit, 2.42 to 2.39. So it was a closer game than some might have you think, though. Like I said, I still think the Penguins had the better of the play um, in the last 40 to 45 minutes game, even though some of the underlying numbers would tell you that Boston had some of the better of the play, because I think um, some of the good high danger chances from the Bruins came in that first period when they were able to build that lead and when they were just taking it to the Penguins as well. Um, Other people that commented, Gilbert the Goat, first off, Malkin, what are you doing? You missed a breakaway and a 2-1-0. Yeah, man, I I know. Yeah, it's like I've talked about it, man. Something's going on with him. Now that I have that off my chest, glad to see Zucker and Kapanen score. The power play was awful once again, and we didn't deserve a point tonight, but I'll definitely take it. I, I do think... With the way they played over the last 40 minutes, they deserved a point. I don't know if you could argue that they deserved to win overall, just you know, as you look at the data and everything with what I just said. But I mean, they, they still should have won the game, especially in overtime when you know you miss Malkin on a breakaway, hits the crossbar, and then the two on oh with Latang is he just overpassing. But you know, I'll take it as well, man. Like I said, nine out of a possible ten points in your last five games. You take that every time, especially after you started the season 0-2. There's no room for error. As of right now, they are still in the playoff spot, and you take that all the time. City of Bridges says Zucker and Kapanen played their best games this season. I agree. I, Kapanen has been great ever since he made his debut in that Washington game. Um, he continues to play like this, and I will eat more crow. You know, I, I gave this that trade a lot of shit when it happened because I wanted them to use that top 15 pick on a player that could help now. But Kapanen has been proving me wrong so far. I think he's been proving other people wrong as well. You can just see how fast he is on the ice, the scoring chances he creates, and his wicked release as well. Um, he also says O'Connor was solid. Surprised he was on power play too. Yeah, man, I was honestly pretty surprised when they put him on the second power play. I'm like, wow, you're just going to throw him into the wolves like that, huh? They're not going to put someone else out there. Um, but still, got his first NHL point. I was happy to see that. Latang is an issue, has been. I mean, I think these last couple of games, man, he's definitely been an issue. I will agree with that. He's looked 
definitely washed these last two. I think he's going to turn it around just because you always see glimpses of like the vintage Latang during the, some of these games. You know, even the last game when I thought he didn't play well, set up Gensel's game winner with a minute and a half left with a beautiful pass to him just when he was skating magically with the puck. I mean, you just, you can't teach those kind of plays, but then he just has like the brain fart kind of plays, which just drives you crazy like he was doing tonight. So you're going to get what you get with Latang. That's just who he is at this point in his career. No, I don't want them to trade him. But his play is still a little bit concerning right now. He said, yep, Jari has his swag back for now. I think it's going to continue. I really do. Defensive issues could eventually overwhelm us. Yeah, I don't really know what the status is on Brian Dumoulin. As I'm checking right now, I don't think there was a update from Elliot Freeman. But I will give you guys two names. If Dumoulin is out longer term, that would be basically four defensemen right now who are out for a while. Even though Matheson is on the road trip. He was at the morning skate this morning, actually. Um, two guys, watch out. Vince Dunn from St. Louis. He's been a healthy scratch. I think Elliot Freeman said they could be looking at a first rounder for him. Obviously, the Penguins don't have a first rounder to trade, but you know, maybe you can get him for a second rounder, maybe something else, maybe a prosper or something like that. Um, he would be a great addition to the blue line. And Travis Dermott of Toronto. He's been falling out of favor, I think, currently. I think he's been a healthy, I think he was a healthy scratch in their last game, if I'm not mistaken. We'll be curious to see if the Penguins could pry him out of there as well. So those would be the two big names that I would look out for with the Penguins if Dumoulin is out longer term because I think that would force Jim Rutherford's hand into making a trade for a defenseman. Um, lastly, Thomas Nevitt. Power plays are atrocious. Always seemed like we were the team a man down. Yep, I talked about that earlier, man. You know, they just the Boston was getting more chances shorthanded than the Penguins were on the power play. That's just pretty embarrassing. We're toothless for most of that game. Thankfully, came to life in the final period. I honestly think, Thomas, that they were better in the second period than they were in that third period. I think for a lot of that time in the third period, they had like four shots on net when they were trying to come back. It's like, that's not good enough, but you know, I'm glad that the comeback kids were able to salvage a point out of it. Um, Kapanen and Zucker were our best players on ice tonight. Again, another person who loves Kapanen and Zucker with how they played. And finally, yes, he's also commenting on that 3-on-0 and OT. Yeah, what the hell was that? Dude, I, I don't know what that was either. And, you know, of course, I'm glad to get the point as well. So great stuff with the takeaways, as always, guys. It looks like you guys are seeing the same things that I'm seeing. I'm glad that we're all in agreement for the, for the most part, I would say. Like I said, I do think the Penguins played better than what some of you are saying in the mentions. But overall, you know, like I said, I'm glad that we're basically seeing eye to eye on everything. But that will do it for this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening to it as always and we'll be back tomorrow with another episode to preview that thursday game to see what adjustments could be made and all that and then thursday we'll have another episode recap so we will see you all tomorrow have a great rest of your night